0: Brian Broadus, Ambar Garcia, and
2: Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 21st, 2022, season 18, episode number 35. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the Star, we are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We are back at full strength. Nick, Brian, Amber, all in studio here. And uh, thank you, Amber, for looking at me and smiling. The other two just kind of <laughs> ignoring me as they normally do. I I Trying to retweet I was doing the doing show, here. Like,
3: okay, let me,
4: let me. Be near you near see they the... usually don't
2: look at me during my opening, because I know Nick's thinking he's talking too long. Get to the point. Get <laughs> to the point. When you see these um, numbers
4: of my retweet, you'll you'll thank me later. Thank you, one.
2: Brian. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, we got a little bit we'll talk about on the roster. There was one roster move the Cowboys made yesterday that was of consequence. We'll talk about that. A couple guys uh, that we heard from uh, Mike McCarthy on with regards to injuries, um, and then we're getting into the, the Giants. We're going to talk about the Giants offense versus the Cowboys defense. The uh, Giants are surprisingly 2-0, and uh, one of those wins being against the Tennessee Titans, who I think is a pretty good team. So definitely something worth considering this week as the Cowboys will head to, uh, to New York for a Monday night game this week.
3: So it's just a, It's going to be a long trip. Yeah. Long
4: night.
2: Yeah, it is. Tough Tuesday will Tuesday. be hard. <laughs> Tuesday will definitely be hard. Brian, you will have to carry the show on Tuesday. Be happy to. Let's start with uh, Dennis Houston. Cowboys release him yesterday. Big question is why? Because there, there are lots of reasons. Nick, I heard you this morning on 105.3 The Fan. You were kind of laying out some of those. What do you think is the biggest reason why Dennis Houston is no longer here?
5: Not good enough to be a receiver on the team. I mean, that's the number one. I mean, I, I, I always – Said that I, I didn't ever see what the infatuation was with him. The only thing I liked about him is the fact that he was running with the one, so he's he's impressed somebody. But I never saw him make a whole lot of plays, honestly. And uh, he might be back on the practice squad. I don't know what the status is. And he's a good you know young developing player. But uh, I don't think he you know he, he doesn't do a lot of great things. I mean, he's just a good solid player. I, I, I didn't see a lot of great hands. Didn't see a lot of great speed. He was just. Good player, and now they've got Gallup. Seems like he's coming back. So I don't know, you know. And they're not going to cut Tolbert, obviously. So it's just that's just kind of where where it stood. He probably wouldn't have made the team right off the of the bat if Gallup was ready and James Washington ready.
4: Yeah, I, I think Nick's right. I, I, I was I was when I was with you guys in camp. I was, I mean, I understand because of the injuries and stuff. While the guy got opportunity. And then I kept asking myself, why does he keep getting opportunity? Right. Yeah. Why does he keep getting the the chances to run with the ones? Why does he keep, you know, and there were and it, it's one of those things where I think coaches and personnel guys, this is the problem. It's like you talk with each other in meetings. Well, that kid really knows what he's doing in these meetings. He's a sharp kid. Oh, really? Yeah, coach. Yeah, he's sharp, you know. He's he does a good job. He knows what's going on. Well, how about Tolbert? Well, Tolbert ain't picking it up right yet. You know, he's not picking it up as fast. So all of a sudden, these coaches have got you convinced that one guy has completely got everything ahead of him and the other guy who you drafted and did all the work and really should be getting the opportunities is a bum or is not doing the job. And I, I just thought that's what was happening. I think there was somebody in the front office or the coaching staff that kept talking about Houston. and and And, you know, it's... Even the even when you listen to the when they had interviews or they asked questions about him and stuff, that was a great route runner. Kid's a great route runner, mm-hmm. good route. You know. And I'm like, well, how about finishing a route? Mm-hmm. How about finishing a play? How about finishing? And I didn't see it enough, and I, it was surprising to me that he made the team. And you know, but you learned who the 53rd and 52nd players were on your team. You know, it, you know, and I, and I wonder if they had to do it over if they would have cut if they would have let Houston go before Ridgeway goes. you know Now Ridgeway gets claimed by the Commanders and the Eagles. Two claims go in for him. Mm-hmm. You know We'll see what happens with Houston. I think there's a lot of Dennis Houstons running around the National Football League right now.
3: Yeah. Well, and then we, we also talked about it yesterday on the show. It was going to be either him or a guy like Sammy Fajoko that was yeah. going to be out. Um, I think Fajoko has done a little bit More than what we've seen with Houston, but and I know you'll get to this, Derek. But does that mean we're possibly expecting like Gallup to get in this weekend? Yeah,
4: you know, Mike. I know
3: he's going to be practicing and seeing what he can do. But
4: Mike is, you know, he's talking about a full complement. Seems like to me this has been the plan all along. The the reason to keep him off the PUP list was to be able to get him ready before. You know, four weeks, and here we are in the third week, and it, this seems like the, the the best time for him to get that opportunity. The way they're talking about ramping him up. Yeah, I'm fully expecting Michael Gallup
2: to play. Whether it be, I don't think it'll be a full game. I think Easy it'll be, I, I think it'll be a certain number of reps. And I, I really, I, I feel very confident saying I expect him to play this week. I will say this too. I do wonder if Dennis Houston became. An example and what I mean by that is I think sometimes when you're in a position of leadership with a group of people you you will hold up if there's a quality about something that if there's a quality that you really want the rest of the team to to aspire to you'll kind of hold up a person who really has that that quality. And if, let's say, for example, you're in a situation where Houston is, he's running all the routes, he knows all the positions, he's doing the work in the classroom, he go—he shows up at practice knowing exactly what he needs to do, he may not be catching a lot of balls, but that's beside the point. What you're trying to say to Jalen Tolbert is, I need you to show up, I need you to know what you're supposed to do, I need you to know all the positions, I need you to run the right routes precisely, Sometimes you can get blinded by that because you're so hard trying to tell this other guy, show him what the example is of what you want. You forget that at the end of the day, this guy just doesn't have the talent that this other
3: yeah, guy Yeah, and he came back for it. That's an example. It's like, oh, right. well, where is he now? Exactly. And here. so
2: I kind of I kind of wonder, I, and I don't know if this is the case, but I do kind of wonder if maybe that's what happened in this instance. And then it just got to week two, and it's like, yeah, we're really not getting anything out of Dennis Houston. Mm-hmm. So, And by the way, we think we're going to get Michael Gallup back. We'll need the roster spot Thank you for what you've done, Dennis. And if, by the way, we can get you back to the practice squad, we'd love to have you and keep developing you, right? I kind of think that's how it's going, but that's my opinion. All right, let's talk about uh, Conor McGovern. He was another guy that Mike McCarthy brought up. Uh, Where is he as far as his recovery at this point?
4: Sounds like they had a good day on Monday, uh, work with Britt Brown. So that's going to be a continue. I don't think he plays this week. I think this is one of those things that, well, next week they'll ask Say after the Monday night game, everybody gets back in Tuesday and they'll start to talk about getting ready for the commanders. Is it, okay, where is McGovern? I, I still think he's a couple of weeks away from really, you know, offensive linemen and ankle sprains and stuff, that that's a difficult thing to, to have to deal with. It's hard on skill guys, but it's really hard on big guys too. Yeah. They're having it you know, anchor down and mobility and lateral slide and all those things. You, you have to have that thing right in order to make it work.
2: And I don't know. Brian's probably the only one who's had a 300-pound man lean on him, but I would assume that doesn't feel good when you got a high no, ankle sprain. No,
4: it doesn't. And yeah. he, I mean, in, 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 without a high ankle sprain, it doesn't feel good when you have to block people like that. But no. I mean, it's it's that's the thing about it is you just got to be able to set, you know. And if his pass set is not where he's comfortable with it, I mean, we've seen uh, uh, you know, we've seen like guys like Zach Martin, I believe, came back early from something like that. But man, they taped that thing up and you know how much mobility do you have how much flexibility do you have in that and that that's the big thing that you have to deal with
3: well he can be a guy that you're not using him too much. You can sprinkle him in there in the offense, and now you're using him how you were kind of using him last year in that way. I think I don't want to say, oh, it was good that he got injured. Obviously, you don't want anyone to get injured, but I feel that this kind of helped you figure out more things with the offensive line. Now you see what you got in Farniak, and then now you got to more like, okay, when he comes back, could he help at fullback? Could he do those other things that we saw him do last year, which it's an extra added element that can help the offense. So hopefully he can return soon and maybe not just full time, just kinda part time and do yeah, some things yeah. here and there.
4: I wonder if the thing the one thing that I'd like to see is Peters play left tackle and Smith play left guard. I, I would know. like to see that.
2: I am I am more and more wondering wondering if they're looking at this, I'm talking about the Cowboys brass, uh-huh. they're looking at this and saying, man, that, that rookie's looking kind of good at left oh, tackle. no, I understand. Should we, no, should we really think about at least giving it a shot to put Peters at left guard? I actually wonder if they're going to think about I, that and maybe give that a try. I don't know. We'll see,
4: see. That's the mobility question that I have, the mobility, because I think at left tackle he's fine. I wonder if you play him at guard in the second-level stuff and the scoops and the reaches and stuff like that. When he has to go to his right, he looks like a 40-year-old offensive lineman is what he... Now, Mm -hmm. run the ball going to the left behind him, Mm -hmm. he could come off, he gets into guys, and he just can mash you that way. It's the stuff going away that's a little bit of a struggle for him. When you watch the Bears tape, that's the thing I... That's one of the only things that I said. I said, man... If you're asking him to have to cut people off or scoop guys, it's it's a problem. He just doesn't have that foot quickness that he once had.
2: And that's where I would ask the question: What are they getting from Farniak in that way? Because you and I talked about it that's, yesterday. Yeah, I don't know how much I think. I think Farniak, he was saved a lot last week by Cooper Rush getting rid of the ball quickly. They had a, a lot, lot of lot guys. Of they had a
4: lot. I mean, the whole line gets saved on yeah. things. They really Cooper did a nice job, and they. And Mike even brought it up this morning about the twist stunts and things like that that both Farniak and Smith have to deal with, and they're young players. Yeah. They don't see it, you know. I mean, there was a time when, when you watched like Ron Leary and Tyron Smith play, you know, with each other there, and they they wouldn't even talk. They just bam bam, they mm. pass stuff, and it just and and you know now this group's kind of like. Wait a minute, oh here we go. you know they're kind of you know you know it's, it's kind of out of sync and they're at set different levels and and and, and but that's experience and that's playing together. And yeah. you know the injury to McGovern, McGovern had a really, I think a good training camp. The injury to him, I think really hurt this football team from that because I, I think he was going to be okay. him and Smith were going to be okay uh, there at, uh, at left guard and left tackle. Nick, have you heard anything about Jason Peters anymore? About kind of where he is in his, his, his
5: they, acclamation. They're going to just have – they have a decision to make, I think, before they decide to play him. It's just what they think is the best group. You know, like, is he better than – is Tyler Smith going to be better than Farniak at left guard? And, and is he better – you know, just just you got to evaluate all of that. and um You know, to me, I just don't understand why you would bring in a guy like that with this kind of experience. There's other left tackles you can bring in that's not going to cause an issue like this. But he's a nine-time Pro Bowler, so you got to bring a guy in. And, I mean, he he told you he needed two weeks to get ready. It's been two weeks. Mm -hmm. But... I just don't know what, what where they view all that, and I, I just don't believe that 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 seventy three. I don't believe Tyler Smith's going to have an issue moving to guard and then back to tackle. All right, man, Nick, you're exactly right. He, he hasn't. He's going to be fine. He, he's a rookie. Yeah.
4: You know, you you know, if this was one of those things, Larry Allen late in his career was like playing like left guard to left tackle, and you're like, wow, they just moved an all pro guard to yeah. tackle. You know, and you're like going, oh, okay, I get it. But you know, Larry Allen's just going to pop in a big dip and go just do it. This kid's got the same kind of demeanor. Same toughness. Tyron
5: Smith played right tackle his whole first year, moved to left tackle, and he was one of the best in the league, uh, if not the best. I mean, you know, Flozell Adams played guard his first year, then played tackle. I mean, I think if you're smart and and you've got good athleticism, just like he moved to tackle after missing all of offseason, and he's looked pretty good, I think he'll look fine at guard, move him back. This just gives you a chance to have your best biggest guys because you're right Cooper Rush I mean he gets the ball out quick but he needs he needs more you know more time he needs more like you know the the running game was okay you know I mean the running game was okay but it could be better especially if you have a bigger guys in there
2: yeah and especially if as we go along here team starts to have more tape on Cooper, maybe he can't do some of the things he likes to do anymore. Oh, that a- yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. How does that affect your offense at that point? And you might need to rely on the run a little bit more, especially if you're thinking your defense is really the strength of your team. So
3: are we actually expecting, because I know it, all along it's been oh, two weeks, now we're going into week three. Are we actually expecting him to get into the mix? Peters? Peters?
4: The word I heard was he needed more conditioning. Yeah. Somewhere. That's the word I heard the word conditioning came up it wasn't it wasn't about knowing what's going on or anything like that it was the word was conditioning then, yeah you played that long you kind of know what's going on well right? it also you might be in a situation too where you know every win that cooper rush gets it buys you time on mm-hmm. dak we talked about that every win you get with tyler smith playing left tackle it buys you more time to really see, like Mm -hmm. Nick was talking about, what you want to do with Jason Peters.
5: And conditioning could be a situation of not ready to play the entire game. So Mm -hmm. being out there, being active, maybe just elevate him from the practice squad this week. You know, the the Dennis Houston move, it could be a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It could be – Gallops ready. He's going to get all the reps this week, you know. Or Jalen Tolbert. You know, he said McCarthy said he was crushing it. So I don't know about that. I, but if he is, at least he's, he, he could get to the point of actually getting Pressing a uniform get enough to on. get on a uniform. That'd be yeah, nice. An and then, and then with um, with Peters, you know, it could be a situation where they need a spot where he's going to be on there because another domino factor is Dalton Schultz. What if McEwen is the guy that needs to be elevated? Because Will sure. Career's got to be elevated. Yeah. So then you got to get another guy elevated. So it, it's it, there's a lot of factors involved.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into the New York offense versus the Cowboys defense. We'll do that in a moment. This is DallasCowboys.com radio.
1: Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
0: The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboy's Way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. Unique, maybe there's nothing better. I bet you probably done something that deserves a doctor. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a doctor.
5: Back to the break. Book an appointment at your local SLr experts to find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more,
2: Essler. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. Let's talk about the New York Giant offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll start where we always start, Brian. Tell me about the best thing that this New York offense does.
4: It's their coordinator now. It's Brian Dieball calling the plays is what it really is. Mm. And and he's got Mike Kafka, who I absolutely love as his coordinator. But Brian calls the plays here. So if we remember with Jason Garrett, and we've lived through the Jason Garrett administration where sometimes it wasn't always opened up. Things were very narrow. The Giants were a very narrow team with the way they played offensive football. Very shoe-to-shoe, very tight formation. Now, the Giants now open things up. They're a wider group. They bring motion across What's happened is, though, they've got guys like Slayton, Tony, and Galladay, all these big-name-type wide receivers. Those guys aren't as big of factors in these games now as what we've seen in the past with them. It's kind of like new GM, new coaching staff. Oh, hey, David Sills and Sterling Shepard. I know Sterling Shepard's an older player. Richie James is a name. I mean, I, I was watching these guys. I'm like, who the hell is number 80? And it's this Richie James catching the ball for them. And... You know, so they're they're kind of doing it their way. They're two and O's, saying you know they're playing playing really good defense. They're trying to do things to not let the quarterback screw it up too much. You know, because he has a, a tendency to get hit and fumble and all that. They're really trying to run Buffalo's offense with when you look at what they would do with Josh Allen the read option stuff, pull it, and then go straight ahead with Daniel Jones. They're really trying to make Daniel Jones kind of a Josh Allen uh, quarterback. So that, I think, is the play callers, the most impressive thing that they have. And they've got a couple of young tackles that I think are doing pretty well, but another one of those teams that struggles a little bit inside.
2: Yeah, what? And talk to me about more about that—the vulnerability. Where are they most vulnerable?
4: Yeah, I you know Evan Neal is uh, was drafted from Alabama, and he is a massive guy. He's a three hundred and fifty pound guy. If you watch the Tennessee game, he's a little bit over the top of his skis. You know, when he's leaning and things, I think he played. Where do they little,
2: have him right now? Left or right? He's
4: playing right tackle. Okay. So this is going to be okay. Parsons tank anybody else that wants to get a run on that right side. I think he played better in the Carolina game with his pass set, but there's times where you could see him get overextended. They're going to try everything they can to help him. Andrew Thomas, on the other side, I feel like has done a really nice job. He was a first-round pick in in 2020. He's gotten better. But I think they're not very good at right guard and I think at the left guard. Both those spots, those three guys inside actually – uh, I think they struggle the most when it comes to. It seems like that the tackles hold up, and then all of a sudden, there's breaks in the middle, and there's you know there's people running through the middle, and those linebackers that they play are running to make plays. I, I just don't think they're just a strong enough group inside. So if it was me, we talk about where to attack. It's that inside guys. I think that I think uh, uh, this Mark Glowinski is his name. He's the right guard he's number 64 they got him from the Colts I never really liked him when he played for the Colts and I don't like him even more now when he plays with the Giants because I think like that he's going to struggle with some some power but on that right side the guard and the tackle might be the two areas that where Dan Quinn says okay if we're going to rush this thing if we're going to overload this thing like they did against Cincinnati I think that's the direction that they might
5: go is Barkley a problem?
4: He is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I,
5: I, he—I thought he was going to be like a generational player. Yeah. And he's just been okay.
4: He is, and he's finally—he's finally healthy. And what they figured out with him is now you got to get the ball to him in space, and he still has that ability. And it's—I mean, it—it's never changed with him. It's—it kind of goes slow, and then all of a sudden it explodes. It's like he's waiting for things to kind of set up. He had a hell of a day running the football against Tennessee. Oh, he took over that game. Yeah, he really, really, really did. And and you know, and that that was they they needed him to do that. Man, Tennessee should have won that game mm-hmm. though. My gosh, they gave. I mean, they did some of the stupidest things you'll ever see a team do. That you know kept the Giants in the game. But yeah, Saquon Barkley, he finally looks healthy. The explosiveness is there. It's like every time they hand him the ball, it appears it's like a four or five yard gain. I mean, that's He's the thing. Back, you know, think, yeah. It's like the tackles made, it's a gain of six. Tackles made, it's a gain of seven. Tackles made, it's a gain of four. I mean, that's that's kind of like they, they, they don't have the negative plays that, they, that they've that they had in the past with him running the ball.
3: You know, the Giants have never been a team to fear, really. That, we just kind of dismissed them all the way. Or, that's but, since you've been
2: around. I remember back to the early 2000s when they were a little bit of a problem. But They yeah, were? But, oh, yeah.
3: Oh, oh well, yeah. I wasn't here then. But, <laughs> but since I got here, it's never been like yeah, right. a problem, unless uh, you got Blake Jarwin playing in the game. He usually uh, – <laughs> He was a giant not that, killer Not that for he's sure. been a problem, th- yeah. the Giants, but Blake Jarwin has always shined against the Giants. But my thing is what's interesting that they do, and you kind of mentioned this, Brian, is kind of similar to what I feel Kellen Moore was able to do with the offense last week catering to your quarterback. Yeah. He's not the best quarterback, but they, they're they managing to kind of give him what he needs, let him be successful in, in based on his abilities right. and what he can do. Play
4: to his strengths.
3: Play to his strengths. So yeah. the the one thing that did stand out to me, other than them not making too many mistakes, they all, he's only thrown one interception, so they're conservative in that way. But going back to the running game, you guys talked about Barkley and all that, but let's talk about the defense or, like, from what Dan Quinn can do because the running game has been an area that we've seen them a little bit struggle. So I'm just curious, once you talk about a player like that Mm -hmm. and you put them against the Cowboys' defense, which we know what they are, but could this be a week where they actually show more problem and issues in, like, against the run
4: yeah this when you when you play against a team that has a back like barkley and a quarterback and an offensive coordinator that's willing to play with deception and like pull the ball and you know say you got barkley and he's running the ball well and all that now you're overloading and you're trying to get barkley on the ground you're trying to make make daniel jones then pulls the ball and runs straight ahead you know as everybody's collapsing in there so that's that's a problem for you this, this game is going to be this week is a lot about playing with your eyes and playing assignment football. And I know every week everybody says, oh, it's assignments, assignments, assignments. But in this game, particularly with a quarterback that's pretty good as a ball handler and has ability to run the ball, you know, this will be very much like when you get to play Philadelphia, uh, you know, down the stretch here. Uh, you know, in a couple weeks that a quarterback that has the ability to pull the ball and get positive yards out of it. So, yeah, Dan Quinn, you're going to hear when Dan Quinn's talking about it's about it's about discipline, it's about playing with your eyes, and it's always about getting off blocks. It's always about that's the one thing that they did a great job against Cincinnati as opposed to what they did against Tampa, was the ability to the ends, the linebackers, everybody getting to the ball. There were a lot of white shirts to the ball last week. Safeties were filling. Corners were filling. Everybody was involved in that. In this game, you're going to have to do the same, but it's that discipline. You got to. You can't sell out to go stop Barkley and then have Daniel Jones pull the ball and it's a twelve yard gain mm-hmm. because you sold out to go get the ball. Do your job. Do your job this yeah. week. Yeah, it's one of those big games.
2: The uh, right now they are fifth in rushing in the league. They're averaging one hundred and seventy yards per game on per game yeah. on the ground. That's a really really That's big clip. <laughs> and so you certainly have to be concerned about that running game. One question I
4: would have:
3: Where are we right now? In rushing? Yeah.
4: Ooh, I don't know. I know it's not that ran. much. Uh, I know well, it's not even I close know. to that. Well, they had 100, 108 last week running, yeah. and then the, week, and the before, week before. It was like maybe mm. sixty-seven. No, Zeke had 50. So, yeah. yeah. But, and not, but Pollard, Pollard had eight. Did Pollard only have eight? He
2: only had eight on six carries. So I want to say they were right
4: there around 60 some or 80, 70 maybe, somewhere in there. It's amazing how these weeks go by, and you don't remember what they did from week one to week two yeah. sometimes. But, yeah, I felt like that. I felt like that they ran the ball a little bit better last uh, against Tampa than they did against Cincinnati. They just First, didn't stick with it enough.
3: Number twenty-two in yeah. the league. It ain't Ooh, great. A whooping thirty-two it uh, twenty-two.
5: Ain't it
4: ain't
3: great.
5: Okay. I mean, 89. Daniel Jones has been sacked eight times. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. as as athletic as he is running out there too, like he also they're trying to get the ball out there too. Like I mean, obviously eight eight times. I mean, it's not Joe Burrow. Uh, rate right now, where I think he's on pace to be sacked over a hundred times, but still, I mean, seventy something sacks uh, is what is what the pace is for a game.
2: They're so. literally twenty ninth in the league right now, and
5: they're down That's, at the
2: bottom of the league when it comes to protecting their quarterback.
4: I'll tell you what, man, I think they're going to try and make this a muddy game. I mean, and you, you're going to have to make it a muddy game too, I guess, because you know mm. you don't have Dak Prescott playing. I mean, Cooper Rush scoring twenty twenty three points. I mean, that might be, I mean, that might be your top. So. You know that Nick's right about it. they when they throw the ball. That's what I was mentioned in the inside guys and you know the tackles. I, I you know the tackles are not terrible, but they if they get if they run the ball and totally protect Daniel Jones in this game. And I mean protect him by not putting him back there throwing yeah. the ball. Mm-hmm. Then then it comes a little bit harder. Then you know, then on the flip side of that you've got to you know they're going to slow this game down. So every possession you get, you got to find a way to get points. You know, I mean, I'm not some want touchdowns, field goals against the Giants are good because you know they they're not going to score. I don't think they're going to score a lot either. You know, with their yeah. with their
5: offense. I mean, he's been in his old career. I mean, he's been the nicest quarterback in the league because he will just give you the ball. Yeah. He just says, "Here you go," and he does. He has he's had one friendly. interception this year. He's very friendly. Yeah. Yeah. He's a sweetheart, and and he'll he'll get the ball <laughs> to you, and, yeah. and especially if if getting you know harassed like yeah. that, like that, like I feel when I saw that eight sacks. Yeah, I feel better about this game for the Cowboys.
4: <laughs> See, the thing about it too is there and I watched a little bit of their special teams. They're struggling the punt coverage team stuff too. Uh-uh. They gave up a big, big return to Carolina that uh-uh. uh, that that uh-uh. cost them. You know, uh, <laughs> an, well, actually, the Tennessee had a big one in the first game, and that was like went forty five yards first touchdown. Like Tennessee only had to go like forty three yards for their first touchdown of the season and it was because of a big punt return. So they they'll they'll give that up a little bit too. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. I got some
2: deeper questions about this passing offense and the running offense for the for the Giants. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Dallas Cowboys com radio.
1: Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner,
2: adaptability
0: is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in
2: overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart.
0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
5: Back to the break. Join former NFL players for our first game day minicamp presented by Invisalign. The kids can come at the Ford Center October 2nd, 1130 to 330, where you watch the Cowboys take on the Commanders. You can go out to your favorite restaurant, the Star District, while the kids play on the field here. Register your footballer. Go to uh, dallascowboys.com slash academy.
2: Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Brian, I had a question about the uh, the Giants' offense. I looked at their stats they're 29th in passing yards, yeah. 32nd in 20 plus passes. So they're not really even they're getting not the ball trying. downfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as Nick mentioned, they're 29th in sacks allowed. Um everything says that they're just not getting much out of the passing game. My question is, is that more is it really just all about the fact they can't protect the quarterback, or is it a situation where he's getting sacked because receivers aren't getting open, he's not able to be accurate? Are there other issues that if he is protected, could be a problem for the Cowboys, or are they just bad across the field? He's
4: board? had to make some tough throws, and the ones throws that he's made, like the Sterling Shepard and people like that, have been like contested balls that have come across the middle where he stepped up and let it fly. Mm-hmm. He is on the run a lot. I don't think Daniel Jones, and you know, knock on wood, I just don't think Daniel Jones is a very good quarterback. I think that he, I think he's a broken quarterback. And mm-hmm. so, you know, now when he's on the run, he he knows that he thinks about mistakes. He thinks about forcing the ball. I mean, he has to be happy that you know they're two and zero right now, just because of how the offenses struggle. But his throws. Like you say, Kenny Galladay, they painted a ton of money for him. He hasn't done anything for him. Tony was drafted by the previous regime. There were talks about trading, getting moving on from him. You know, Slayton is a good player, but, I mean, you know, it's it's just okay there. They, they just don't have anybody on the outside. The, the most explosive player is Tony. And then you got guys like a Stace, a Sterling Shepard, you know, David Stills, this Richie James. I mean, you know, it's it is what it is out there. I mean, they they're going to this is a team right now that is probably having some early success because of their defense and they've got fortune in some games. But as it wears on, they're probably thinking, Okay, we're really not a two and 0 team. Yeah. We're we're really probably more of a maybe a six, seven win team, if that. And you know they're going to need time to retool this offense. They've done it with the uh, they've done it with the offensive line with the two tackles. Need to get better inside, but man, the skill on the outside has really really let them down. And I think the quarterback's on that point right now, where it's kind of like ah, we probably need to move on from Daniel Jones.
2: Yeah, Nick and Amber, I have a question for you guys. When you start looking at what the Cowboys were able to do to Cincinnati last week, uh, and particularly looking at those receivers playing against the Cowboys secondary. Do you think that it was a situation where you felt you felt like they really were being covered well, and that aided the Cowboys in getting the pressure, or do you think a lot of what you saw last week in the in Cincinnati not being able to be effective for for a lot a lot of parts of the game were more about the fact that the pass rush was, just, rush was just too much, the secondary was just okay, it was really more about the pass rush.
5: I think it was more about the pass rush and also about the fact that the Bengals didn't really adjust, and that was one of the issues. Said this on the radio. It's one of the issues they had with Frank Pollock as the O-line coach when he was here. He didn't always adjust. I mean, I don't know how many times Dak had to get hit uh, with Chaz Green trying to block in Atlanta before you figured out you need to do something. And that same thing happened. They didn't. They didn't really do that as much. Uh, the, the Bengals and they, they kind of they held the ball more than they probably should have. Um, I thought you know as, as good as Brown and Diggs and those guys played. I think Micah Parsons really in that rush. It wasn't just him, but mostly him. Um, I think they aided to all that as well. And so, I I, I mean, if they're going to play – if the Giants are going to play the same way and kind of hold the ball and, and see if who wins in the line of scrimmage, then I don't think any receivers are really going to get open that much.
4: Yeah, they could be in a situation real quick where, like you mentioned that, Cincinnati's answer was in the second half to try and run the ball because they knew their quarterback was going to get hit every time. I have a feeling that the Giants are going to do the same thing. The Giants are going to say, let's see how physical you could play. You got all these pass rushers. You got all these guys that are tall, linear players that are 244, 250 pounds. You know, your biggest guys are like the, you know, with Bohanna and those guys. So if you're interested, they're going to make, I think they're going to make Dallas play their base defense. I think they are because, you know, it, it, if, if, you get them into, if you get them in the nickel, this is where Dallas can win. Dallas can win when they have all their linear rushers in there attacking, you know, when the game gets out of hand and mm-hmm. it turns into just a one-dimensional thing. I think the Giants are going to say, uh-uh, we're not going to let you hit Daniel Jones eight times in this football game. You know, we're going to see, okay, let's see if you want to put your nickel package on the field and then try and stop the run of Saquon Barkley. That's what I think that they're going to try. I think they're going to try and wear Dallas down. And then it kind of worked for Cincinnati in a little bit in the second half. Dallas pass rush wasn't as effective. You know, the final drive, yeah, it got a little bit more. But you made better plays in the secondary, though, too. Your your guys tackled a little bit better as well.
3: That's what I was going to say. I think that the only – only there always could be many ways. But I really do think that the only way that the defense, the Cowboys defense struggles is – if they wear them down, if they get tired, which we saw last week towards the end of the game. But at that point, I mean, they still managed to pull through and stop them. But at the same time, Giants have not faced a defense like the Dallas Cowboys. They haven't faced a guy like Micah Parsons. So it's going to be tough on them. Yes, they watch the film. They know what's coming. And the thing is, and we keep talking about it on the show, now you're not just having to keep an eye just on Micah Parsons. We got on film all these other guys that can make plays and will make plays against you, and they're going to have to be worried about that too. So I think this is going to be a really interesting game, but I, just, I can't see, even though they can use the run, run the ball and all that, I just can't see them, like the Cowboys defense, not being able to control them and keep them. You yeah. know, under control enough for the Cowboys offense to be able to compete and try to score some points yeah, as well. If
4: if if, if the Cowboys some, somehow can find a way to build a lead like they did against Cincinnati, it made it makes it would make the Giants so one dimensional where all of a sudden it's like we got no choice. We got to throw the ball now. And now you're covering receivers that are uh, and you're and you know they don't have the Evan Ingram's anymore at tight ends and things like that, like they used to in the past. So put the game in Daniel Jones's hands, throwing the football, and that's the path to success. Because then it's about the pass rush. It's not about because the closer this game stays, the more it probably favors the team that can run the ball, and mm. and and that's
2: the Giants right now. Yeah, but I'll I'll say this, Brian. I I actually think, yeah, I think that's that's actually the way that that they have to look at it. But I also think you're going to need more points than 14. I think 14 points in Cincinnati kind of scared them away from their run a bit and made them say, "Let's let's throw a little bit more, let's get a little more aggressive." I don't think the Giants will do that in the game against Tennessee. They were down by more than 14 before they, and they still had not abandoned the run, and it ended up working out for them. I think this is just their offense, and they're just going to stick with it. And if they go down. You know, by a lot of points, I expect they're still going to be using Saquon Barkley because that's the best thing that they do. Well, so, so you may not be able to scare them off of that. You're yeah. gonna have to tackle all day. That's just going to be the way this game I, goes. Okay, out there.
4: if it turns into, you know, I think Dallas's defense is is good enough to where if it, if they get a 17 point lead, that they're going to finish this game. Yeah, they'll finish. They'll, I mean, I know Cincinnati was rough at the end, but I, I I feel like though you're talking about Joe Burrow as opposed to Daniel Jones. You know, I'm I'm no, I yeah. Yeah, if you make him have to throw the ball to win this game, I think you find a way to win the game. So
2: Nick, if you are the the Giants offensive coordinator, what are you thinking is the best way to attack this Dallas defense? <sighs>
5: I obviously I, I think screens to Barkley. I think um, I mean short short passes, get the ball out quick, go uh, sideline to sideline a little bit, and maybe use Micah Parsons' his, uh, aggressiveness against him. You know he he likes to rush really wide. Um, I think I, I think I'm gonna try to not I mean he's the head of the snake. I got I gotta cut that off. And so if he wants to go wide like that, I think that I'm I'm scheming things against him or let him come up the field and rush un, underneath him. I mean, that's where I think the issue's gotta be. I mean, you gotta neutralize him. And if he's gonna play to one side, that's where the, the you know, you have to call it that way. Hey, we're gonna run here, we're gonna try to trap yeah. him inside.
4: This is where this is where it gets interesting and I, I like what Nick said there. But where it gets interesting is Wilson, Van Der Esch, Barr. Mm -hmm, Okay, that's going to be the key now. Because if they're going to set their protection to or away, or they're going to run away from 11, now it turns into, okay, where's 55, where's 6, where's 42? Mm -hmm. Those guys. And then who's at defensive end? Because then it turns into, okay, those guys are going to, they're going to ones that have to, if they say, we can't run at 11, he's going to kill us okay, we need to run the other way if if Wilson vanderesh Barr, Armstrong, all those guys struggle then then that's gonna be that's going be the recipe for the Giants because they'll say we'll just keep running away from 11 you know, as long as those others they, can't make and plays. they won't
5: they won't do it because every offensive coordinator I think in in the world has got a little bit of you know, they, they got ego to him. He's yeah. not going to switch it every single time. When, when Parsons lines up here, they're going to run here. And then the next time he runs over here, they're, gonna, they're not going to switch their play call. They're not going to let him dictate it that much. They'll do it some, but, I mean, I, I, I agree. The guys the strength are right up the middle. And I think Barr is, is huge to the success of Parsons. They didn't I, yeah. really have that last yeah. year. But then now they do. Now they have some success in there. And they might switch it around. You might see Bard doing some rushing, too. He didn't make yeah. the four Pro Bowlers because he was sitting in the middle of the field the whole game.
2: He is game. a pressure player. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. I actually look at this game and I'm like, if I'm thinking, I'm, if I'm them, I'm thinking, how do I get, and I know he made the tackle that saved the game. Last week, but I still look back to that week one and I'm like, I'm trying to run outside as much as I can. I'm going to at least challenge Diggs and make him show me that he's willing to take on Saquon Barkley if he's running out wide. Like, I'm going to make him do that. We even talked a little bit about Hooker and his ability to come up and run support. Like, I want to get those guys in situations if I'm the Giants where they got to tackle my big bull of a back. And let's see if they can do. that Yeah, they didn't do a very good job
4: of getting Fournette on the ground. Mm-hmm. those yeah. things and like I said, yeah, it, it's the thing about it is, if you're the Cowboys, you're doing everything in your power not to let the ball get to Dicks. It's about it's about Bar playing. Barr didn't play worth a damn against right. Tampa Bay Week One. Wasn't his best week, and it was, and they they didn't get anybody to fill the safeties where Curse was out or whatever situation. They didn't fill like they filled last week against Cincinnati. So if all of a sudden that the ball's getting the ball. the bar the ball is getting to digs. Something else bad is happening inside to you. Yep. All
2: right, real quick before we end, I did want to also ask about the the rushing game. Uh, for the Giants, what do they t- tend to do most? Are they are inside rushing? Because it kind of goes back to what we're talking about: On yeah. the inside or the outside. What do they like to do they're, most? With they're, Barkley,
4: they're like they they, they take the snap. It, it, you watch Buffalo play and how they run the ball, it's the inside handoffs. It's the reads. It's the stuff like that. They'll bend the ball uh, to the outside and things like that. Is it's Barkley is one of those guys who will take it inside and then he'll
0: bounce. bounce. Yeah,
4: he'll bounce or he'll bounce or he'll he'll take it and he'll jump and then he'll jump into a hole. But it's inside. So he, it's not one of those things where you say, oh, he's just going to bounce everything. No, he, he, can, he has the, t- the capability to press a hole, jump, and then get through another hole. and then. But I'd say you're going to get a lot of read stuff. You're going to get a lot of hand it to him, let him go on the outside, you know, hand it to him, let him go on the inside, or the quarterback's going to pull and just straight attack. We've seen that. Very Buffalo-like with, uh, with their scheme.
2: Perfect. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll jump into the New York defense versus the Cowboys offense. Uh, obviously, so many storylines around the Cowboys offense. We'll talk about a few of those. Hopefully, we'll have a little more update on kind of where some of these guys that are injured uh, or coming back from injury, uh, where they are in their return, and how many may be ready for Monday night. We'll talk about that all tomorrow. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on
0: DallasCowboys.com. Radio.